It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage and our second annual Christmas special. As usual, directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey. And this week we have some very special guests from the I Hate Your Taste in Movies podcast. Say hey, ladies. Yes, so with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on! Well, Merry fucking Christmas and welcome to the second annual Film Rage Christmas special. This episode, our special guest, I Hate Your Taste in Movies podcast, and we talk about some of our favorite Christmas movies. We each have a rage over a couple of our worst Christmas movies. Eh. And then just like the Grinch, we sneak into the town and sprinkle hate and rage on the townsfolk below. Now, let's have a quick intro to our new buddies, Jen, Jackie, and Austin. So, Jen, tell us what your favorite movie style is. Oh, hey, I'm Jen. I am the horror movie fan on our podcast, and these girls absolutely hate horror but I guess we're not talking about horror today because you guys made me do a real Christmas movie and not a Christmas flashback. here. <laughs> All right, Jackie, give it to us. Hey, I'm Jackie, and I'm the action movie aficionado, I suppose you would call me, on our podcast. Wait. Again, <laughs> this season I'm a little out of my element. I mean, <laughs> there are a couple diehard <laughs> Christmas action movies, but there's not many. And I definitely don't make a habit of watching Christmas movies, so this is going to be interesting. Yes. And finally, but certainly not last, is Austin. Hey, I'm Austin. I'm kind of the everything else person. A lot of musicals. A um, little bit of everything sprinkled in there. Um, also, not a huge Christmas movie fan, but I did pick one of my favorite movies of all time, which I'm calling a Christmas movie. Well, you know, I gotta say, I also hate Christmas movies. Um, I literally hate everything Christmas, pretty much. So, uh, this should make for an interesting. Bryce, what, do you, what are you a huge? Who's the? Who would you say is the biggest Christmas fan here? Bryce, are you a big Christmas movie fan? Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> so it's a little bit contradictive for I guess to have uh, maybe having a Christmas special, but. Usually we hold this for Murray, but Murray's not here with us today. Oh yeah, well, Christmas Murray would be the biggest Christmas movie fan of us all. There's no question, but he's a big softy, <laughs> so yeah, he does. He's like a little bear. I want to hug him up and squeeze him into a box and then give him to somebody as a present. But, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, sure. All right, so as as Jen kind of said, we kind of made a rule for this only because it's really focused on Christmas and. You know, maybe we'll have you back next year on our second annual Krampus special, because then I'm sure <laughs> it might just, Jen might just gommandize the whole uh, podcast, maybe. I don't know. All right. So we're going to start off with my favorite Christmas. Well, I shouldn't say it's my favorite, because if we do this every year for the next 30 years, I guess I have to come up with a new favorite movie every year. Maybe? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Just got to come up with something you like every year. And who knows, maybe, yeah, they'll, maybe they'll make a classic every year, Jim, and you won't have to worry about it. Well, if they keep bringing back David Bowie, then I'll be perfectly fine uh, with that. So, 
This is gonna make for some... David Bowie, great pop artist. Not such a good actor. Yep, it's true. Oh, but you mean. <laughs> but you're absolutely wrong there, Bray. So, why is this movie one of my favorite movies? Well, first off, it's got David Bowie, who is a god in everything he does. And since he doesn't have any other movies that come close to a Christmas movie, I had to choose this one. So, I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't necessarily classify this as a Christmas movie, but it does have the title, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, oh, second reason, it's a Japanese war film set at Christmas. Hello? Is it set at it Christmas? It doesn't say Christmas. Is it really? What's that? It is. Part We've of already it. had this argument. Of course it is. Uh, and not really anything to do with Christmas. No. Uh, because like I said, I kind of hate Christmas. Um, but it doesn't have creepy, annoying little fuckers in it, which usually, aka kids. So it's like, those are the things that normally destroy Christmas. Like kids are just, shouldn't be allowed to be part of Christmas. I don't know about you guys, but. Yeah, no, they're the worst. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah, little... And they're filthy. Like, just ugh. Uh, Tom Conti as Lieutenant Colonel John Lawrence, who's brilliant in this. Apparently he learns Japanese in this film, so he gets super props for that. He was very uh, good. Takashi Kitano and his role as Hara, our sergeant, who has a secret little heart of gold. He's the Murray, I think, of of actually my Christmas choice. Uh, Murray, I hope you have a, get to see this. Um, music score was brilliant. David Bowie's evil secret that, that ate him alive till his dying day was, I don't know, pretty evil. And uh, yes, he gets to take his beautiful little Christmas secret to his grave. Classic Japanese director, and I'm going to screw up his name, and I know you guys can appreciate this too, uh, Nigisha Oshima, uh, director of such great films as Max, My Love, of a married French woman who takes a zoo chimp to be her lover, named Max, or Emperor of Passion, who has a married woman who her lover murdered her husband, or even popular violence at noon about two young women who come to terms with the fact they have a man they deeply link to who's on a murdering rapist huh hmm. wow those are some feel-good movies Maybe. i know right well just like <laughs> merry mr. christmas lawrence, yeah <laughs> just like most of his movies though mr lawrence um you know it's not what you expect to see from a christmas movie Huh. Mm. Chimp lover. I guess we'll all have to see that one at some point or another. So, uh, that is my favorite for this year, Christmas movie. What do you say? Let's start with Bryce. Did uh, you actually see this, Bryce? Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, not, <laughs> not a Christmas movie. I had to hunt for a version that actually had subtitles. That was fun. Um, yes. David Bowie doing his impression of a deer in the headlights for the entire film. I guess that was also fun. Uh, other than Bowie, I guess there were some good performances, but wow, this was this was not great. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Yeah, they say it like three times in the movie. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. It was for me. It's the most Christmassy I'm going to get. Anyway, short and right. sweet. I, I hated David Bowie's performance, as I typically do, because he's not a good actor. And uh, the, the rest of it wasn't that good either. 
It's a what? You give it a meh or a, or a rage? <laughs> it's, it's a meh. All right. Okay. Jackie, did you get the chance to see this? I actually didn't. Austin, did you get a chance to see it? I'm sorry. I didn't. I feel like I, I failed my homework assignment, but I have never heard of this movie, so I am intrigued. Jen, yeah. <laughs> did, did you get to see it? Uh, just to echo the my other co-host, no, I also did not see it, but it does sound amazing, and I do love David Bowie, so I will probably watch this. Jen, you're going to go next. Oh, I picked the best like Christmas spirit children's movie that I still love and watch as an adult, which is The Muppet Christmas Carol. So this movie is amazing. I feel like I don't have to sell you guys on it or anyone in the world because it's just so good. It's one of the best Muppet movies, period. It's like the best adaptation of A Christmas Carol ever. Like the songs are catchy. Michael Caine's given his like best performance ever. It is an all around winner. I will have no complaints from the gallery on this one. I will not accept (laughs) any criticism or feedback. Thank you. Uh, so who wants to go first on this? I think, you know what, this is, this is a perfect uh, opportunity for Jackie to unload, I think. Incorrect. <laughs> I love this movie. Jackie's a wild card. Baby. It's amazing. I I mean, I saw this when I was a kid over and over and over. So, you know, it wormed its way into my heart before I had things of any kind. And <laughs> I love every part of it. I love tiny little... Tiny Tim Kermit is the cutest thing ever Aww. put on film. And like Jen said, Michael Caine's giving it. He's putting like a serious Shakespeare-worthy performance on, surrounded by puppets, and it's delightful. And it just feels good. It leaves you feeling warm in the soul when it's done. It sounds like you're almost falling in love with Christmas there. No. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> one right. second. I have one more moment a year, and that was it. Uh, awesome. What'd you think? I actually watched this movie for the very first time this morning. Um, I can't believe I I hadn't seen it. It was amazing. I loved Michael Caine. He was give that man an Oscar retroactively for that movie. Um, I love a good Kermit moment, and uh, it was it was fantastic. I have no complaints. I cried a little. I got a little teary. Ah, that's sweet. <laughs> so funny. Boom. So sweet. <laughs> Right, you want to go, buddy? Uh, it was very, very good. I really like Muppet Christmas Carol. There's no question. It is not the best version ever. That is a little bit of an overstatement. That would belong to 1951 Scrooge, with Alistair Sim being the best, the uh, the best portrayal of Scrooge ever. No offense, Michael Caine. But yes, this was very good. I love this movie. I've watched it probably 10 times in my life, and there's not a whole lot of movies that I can say that about. Very good. This sounds like a unanimous Mondo. It's a Mondo from me, and it seems like it's a Mondo from everyone else. Well, let me tell you what I thought of it. So first off, Are we going to fight? Because I'll fight. I I, I love to fight, so (laughs) just get ready, baby. Uh, I hate musicals and Christmas music. The Christmas movies. Um, that have been made, remade a million times by a million people, unless it's the Muppets. <laughs> Plus, as we've already said, Michael Caine is motherfucking awesome! In fact, he's mesmerizing. And if you guys don't know what that is, we have a list, and he's on it. My only complaint is not enough Piggy, but gets plenty and plenty of Gonzo, who is my soul animal. So... That's a mondo for me. Cool. 
This is like one of the first times anything's ever got all Mondo's on our Yes. Show. I mean, you can argue against the Muppets. High five, by the way. <laughs> Excellent choice. What's your favorite thing about this movie? Like, is everything or is, is it the Muppets that act? Is it because you're a huge Muppets fan? I was a big Muppets fan growing up. My brother and I like watched the Muppets show all the time, so I did have that. But I think my favorite thing about this movie is honestly like Gonzo as Dickens. I don't know why yeah. that just works so well for me, but I love it so much with Rizzo the Rat too, and how they're just like narrating the story and like getting into their own hijinks. It's just it's delightful. Yeah, it's it's Muppet <laughs> <laughs> at its at its purity. All right, well, Austin, what did you bring to us? So I brought Bridget Jones's diary question mark on whether it's a Christmas movie, but I'm going to defend it in the sense that it bookends around Christmas, starts with Christmas, ends around Christmas, therefore a Christmas movie, Colin Firth in ugly Christmas sweaters, ugly Christmas ties, does the trick for me. Um, I watched it a bunch growing up. It's just one of those movies that like hits the right spot for me. I watch it maybe once or twice a year always brings me joy there's a lot of things i do have issues with in it but overall great time all right well who wants to step up to the plate who wants to oh look at jackie's face (laughs) (laughs) no i feel like you guys are gonna expect me to hate this and normally i would yeah what's with you today i I don't know just wait just something (laughs) happening yeah I, i have a lot to say about some stuff but about this one specifically um, I always love a Pride and Prejudice remake. The story is great. People hate each other, then they love each other. Classic. Very interesting to watch. And, I mean, they this has action in it if you consider the restaurant fight scene where There's they go through fight the window. Scene. And yep. It's set to some really good music. Um, but that's Jackie's really- saying all the points that I meant to say, and I just got so excited that I had points. Those were them. <laughs> you can jump back in. Jump back in because you want to get as many points out there before <laughs> Sorry, it it's the rest of us. It's also very quotable. There's several quotes that I seem to manage to work into my everyday life on a regular basis. Um, it's your, okay, let's have one. Well, the restaurant fight where they're singing, or where they, they they're fighting and they bust into a restaurant, and then there's like a birthday going on in the restaurant, so all the waiters are singing happy birthday while bringing the cake out. And Colin first doesn't know the birthday kid's name, so he's just singing happy birthday, and he's just like happy birthday, dear. What's his name? I do that every time I go to a restaurant remember restaurants those were fun but um <laughs> so i don't know i enjoy that moment sweet and what do you say well this is not my favorite movie all right it's on <laughs> <laughs> i will say and i would like everyone to remember this i love colin first i have nothing against any movie he's ever in uh i like hugh grant as well they are very charming actors hold on to that for a later movie we'll be talking about <laughs> um <laughs> But I just, I don't know. I think this is kind of like a meh. Like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It doesn't really do anything for me anyway. It's just not my type of movie. I don't necessarily love rom-coms. And they're always just a little too, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't hit me. I don't find it funny. I don't find it super great. It's just a good cast. Yeah, preach. Let's have it. It's so funny to see someone who's so wrong about so many things in a row. Yeah, I know. Well, well, she did say uh, rom-com, which is almost a swear word to me. So, uh, you know what? I'm going to go next. I'll let Bryce finish this off. So, Bridget Jones' Diary. First off, Manel Bellwinger's British accent is 
awful and inconsistent. If you didn't catch that, it's yeah, it's terrible. And this is like literally one of my biggest pet peeves I have is people doing accents that shouldn't do accents. It makes me fucking crazy. Uh, the best part about this movie was seeing Renee Zellweger with her original, original and perfectly adorable face. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, she's completely different now. If you see now, that's not that's not even her face. I, I, I don't know who it is, but it's somebody else's. Um, I also love the fact that they mention uh, motherfucking Glenn Close in this. Oh, and Huge Grant. Like, I uh, love just super man crush on this prostitute screwing playboy. He's just... He's just <laughs> should be in don't agree on that one. <laughs> what? You're not a huge Grant fan? No, he's a monster. He's a monster. <laughs> in a monster in real life or just on, in movies? I can't separate him from the things I know about him in real life. He's so easy. He's like slime <laughs> made into the shape of a man. <laughs> I hate him all the time. I hate him saying, hate him. It's true. I'm being a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> and lastly, Shirley Henderson's voice is so cute and annoying that I'm also in love with her. And for the, everybody knows who she is in this movie, right? Is that she's a dude right? or the monster? Yeah. She's, she's a friend of yeah. Bridget that has a really annoying right. voice. Moaning Myrtle. Also Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, a three-way with her and Huge is one of my most favorite dreams. In my dreams... She does live up to her Harry Potter role of Moaning Myrtle. Uh, and you can bet your bottom dollar that that would absolutely happen. Did I love this movie? No. But it gets a meh for so many other things. I still think it's fun. And hello, leopard skin underpants? Come on. It's <laughs> a wild ride. Right? Yeah. I would never expected that. I expected the granny panties, but I certainly <laughs> didn't expect the leopard skin underwear. Way to go. <laughs> going. All right, Bryce. I'll wear those for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disgusted by myself. <laughs> I love it when you come on and be yourself for real, Jackie. <laughs> All right, Bryce, what you got? Uh, Bridget Jones Diary. Uh, it's one of those movies that I really wanted to dislike, but I didn't. Renee Zellweger has the ability to annoy me at times, but she also has the ability to charm, especially earlier in her career. Um, in this movie, she, I was absolutely charmed. She's very likable, and the supporting cast is super solid in this one. Uh, Colin Firth was really good. Uh, Hugh Grant was good as well. Um, I really thought this was an enjoyable holiday film, and I will call it a, a Christmas movie. Um, but it was meh. Right, so should build up and then just yeah, I know. It's like he does that, he trims you along, right? Okay, so we got a man, a man, Jen. Did you give it a man or are you rating man. on it? All right, I assume Jackie, is it a mondo for you? This mondo, all right, it's uh, it's given that Austin's given it a mondo. Total so. mondo. I do feel vindicated though, a little bit. Like, I'm glad that it what? was generally well received and that we're calling it a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's totally a Christmas movie. There's like sweaters. There's like snow. I'm pretty sure that's the only requirement, right? You just, you just need the uh, sweaters. Brit yeah. British, <laughs> British bar fights. Like that's yeah. what I expect from Christmas in Britain. Totally. Right? Totally. All right. Well, who's up next? Bryce. I guess it's me. Uh, the Wrath. Yes. 
this warm and fuzzy movie about family togetherness. Perfect film to watch during the holiday season. The cast in this was perfect with Dennis Leary as Gus, a professional cat burglar, and Kevin Spacey and Judy Davis as Lloyd and Caroline, a couple whose marriage is not without its issues. The chemistry between these three on screen was about as good as you will see in any movie ever. The comedic timing was spot on with this trio. Add to this a stellar supporting cast, which included Christine Baranski and J.K. Simmons, and you get a holiday classic. The opening scene has Lloyd and Caroline in a couple's therapy session, and the stage is set for the rest of the film. The laughs are consistent throughout, and the film has a crowd-pleasing ending without being too sappy. This is a must-watch for the Christmas season as I trip over my own words. Uh, It is Mondo, even though, you know, Mr. uh, Kevin Spacey's in it. Jackie on this one again, just because she's already stepped to the front to say how much she hates people in real life and that it translates into movies. It really does. And I'm about to drop another one of those because I don't like Dennis Leary either. (laughs) He is an abrasive person and I just, we don't vibe on any kind of a level. Every time he talks, he's shouting and he makes my hassle fill up. The second I see his face, I'm like, oh great. Maybe it's because of his speech in uh, Demolition Man when he does his freedom speech <laughs> and want to put jello on my body and run down the street naked and the visual is so upsetting that I'll never forgive him for it. <laughs> I just don't like him in a starring role. I don't want him front and center. I don't want him right in my eyes. And this is peak Dennis Leary. He just yells. He just yells and runs and runs and yells. So I'm afraid I'm raging on this one. Ah, uh, sweet. I love it. Come on, you can do worse than that. Just tear this movie apart. Come on. Um, well, I mean, Christine Baranski is great. I'll forgive <laughs> almost, I'll, I'll forgive a lot when I see her role in the scene. <laughs> so I feel like she edged it almost into Matt, and then Dennis Leary talked again, and I was like, oh my God, this guy <laughs> like, Take it down like 75 notches and come back. Like, they gave him way too much freedom on this movie. He was over the top awful. And also, I don't really just like seeing people bite. Like, people on the verge of divorce. I don't need to see you guys argue. It's a little bit too real. Movies are for me for an escape. I don't need to see your personal problems. Ah, I see, I see. But then they had sex, didn't they, when they were tied up? So that's kind of... Not not sure that's winning anyone over awkward tied-up sexual escapades. I'd rather not see it either. Sounds like a Wednesday afternoon. What do you mean? <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Austin, what do you think? Yeah, this is another one that uh, seems like a bit of a not-for-me type of movie. I, I can't say I've seen it, but you had me at Christine Baranski, so that has piqued my interest because, like Jackie, she can make anything good. So I'm intrigued. What do you think? Have you, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to echo Jackie here and give it a rage. I actually, before Bryce was giving his intro, I kind of thought this was like a joke pick. And then I'm like, oh, no, he seriously likes it. That was really his favorite Christmas movie. I just thought this was one you were thrown out there as like, a, people will complain about the ref. Why not? But no, I caught off guard by that. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not a fan. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, I'll close it out. And maybe we make a bookend because I also love this movie. But I also don't like Dennis Leary. But I like all of the supporting cast. So for me, I still, I still, 
I just love seeing people fight. So through the whole movie, unlike unlike some people, I love that. I love the rage. Uh, you can't escape it. I, I, come yeah. on, over. I'm sorry, everybody. We got a <laughs> we got a juicy rage sandwich is what we got, and that's <laughs> that's that's what I love about this. Like it's like. We have people that like things for some reasons and some for others, but at the end of the day, as long as we got some rage on the show, I am a happy guy. Like, literally, could not be happier. <laughs> All right. Well, that was we actually we actually did a really good job. Oh wait, we have to piece the resistance to the very end. I'm I mean, if you're you, talking about me. <laughs> if you search oh, right. Christmas movies. <laughs> best Christmas movies on the interweb, I think this usually shows up quite a bit at the top of the list. Yeah, because cool people know that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie and also movie ever <laughs> made, ever put on celluloid. It's the pinnacle <laughs> of the art form. I'm not even exaggerating. I feel like I might be sounding like I'm exaggerating, but I'm fully serious. This is the best movie ever made. I've seen it. 50 to 100 times, and I will never stop watching it. I watch it at least three times a year. It's the best. Die Hard. Everyone knows Die Hard. I'm not sure I need to summarize it. And I don't think you guys accept that this is a Christmas movie, right? Uh, I would say, yeah. It's yeah, held yeah. at Christmas. It's Christmas. There's, Jen there's told a Christmas me today movie. that Obama does not consider this a Christmas movie. So now I have to be in a fight with Barack Obama, which I wasn't yeah. today, but, I will, but I'll do it. But that's okay because Barack Obama went to Flint, pretended he drank their water, and then did nothing to solve the problem in Flint. So I'm okay if you have a fight with him. I'll bring that up when we get into our diehard fight. Yeah, I'll be like, exactly. And also Flint, man, what's up? I know, right? <laughs> Flint is not a Christmas movie. Tell us more. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite thing about this movie? I, I knew you were going to ask me that, and it's so hard to narrow it down. The whole movie together is perfection. If I was going to pick one scene, it's probably him jumping off the roof of the building tied to a fire hose and then kicking a window with his bloody feet and then shooting the window and busting through the window. Like, it's the most suspenseful, thrilling. Like, I remember every time I watch it, I find my body language. I'm, I clench my fist and I'm like halfway out of my chair when that scene comes every time. I get so amped up watching it. It's and Alan most. Rickman is perfection. He's the most amazing, perfect villain in any movie ever. And... The whole movie is just a thrill ride, and I, I never get bored, and I watch it all the time, and I see something new every time, and I love it. Would it, make, would it make you sing the most wonderful time of the year? It's the most wonderful time of the year. No. <laughs> Nothing will make me sing Christmas songs. But this movie also has the best Christmas score, and I know Austin can talk about it, but they have, like, jingle bells. They have classic Christmas songs made dark. It's Terrific. I'll sing, I'll sing along with Die Hard score, but I'm only singing Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that we should let Austin uh, see what she thinks because I'm sure she loves to sing Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh, Jackie's like bracing herself, even though we talked for like four hours last week about Die Hard. Uh, we have an episode coming out soon about Die Hard. And so I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I was okay with it. I was kind of middle of the road with it. There were some things that I liked and things that I didn't. Um, but mostly it was good. I do think it's a Christmas movie. Um, I think it has a fantastic score. Um, just overall throughout the whole movie, I think it's really, really good. 
Um, I like that I understand Brooklyn Nine-Nine references better now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I enjoyed it. I'll I'll give it a Mondo. Wow, two. Jen, up to you. You going to break this down? (laughs) I'm also Die Hard as Mondo. It's just, it's a great movie. I don't rewatch it nearly as often as Jackie does, maybe every couple of years, but it is totally rewatchable. Like you don't lose the enjoyment after you've seen it, know what's coming. Um, Yeah, I also love Alan Rickman. He is a great actor and every movie he does is therefore good. Um, Just hang on to that one for a while. Uh, Yeah, I just, you know, nothing wrong with Die Hard. I thought it's a Mondo, there's three Mondos in a row. My heart is full. (laughs) Your heart is full, well. There we go. Bryce, do you want to take a stab first or do you want to leave that to me? Uh, you go first. Okay. Well, so, say something really mean. so, first off, Die Hard is so dated. And I have a couple of problems I have to bring out. You know they're coming. So, when he goes right. into the building to see the Christmas party and he's looking for all the names and he's looking, I'm looking for. I'm looking for Mrs. McLean, and then the, the the guy who's a security guard. After they're having a bit of a discussion banter, he says, "Oh, wait, they're on the 31st floor. The place that the only people in the building are on the 34th, 31st floor. Like, come on, that's gotta have a. Why no. do they do that? No, everybody brings this up, and it's so obvious to me." He needed him to check in on the computer screen to prove that he knew someone at the party. He wasn't just going to be like, hey, perfect stranger off the street, why don't you go up to the 30th floor? He had to prove that he knew someone and deserved access to the 30th floor. Oh, no, I I get why he did that. But why did the security guard not just say, oh, aren't you going to the 31st floor? Because that's the only floor that has Why would you just volunteer that information to some strange dude off the street who, by the way, is carrying a gun? Did you walk in. Did you notice that the security guard was pretty dumb, though? I mean, yeah, I got shot pretty quickly. (laughs) Can't argue with that. Okay, so that's one hole. I don't acknowledge that. that The second second hole is the end when Hans or whatever his Franz or or Hans (laughs) comes out after he'd been hanging on a noose for like, seems like seven hours. Carl. Carl, okay, Carl. So Carl's Carl's hanging from a noose for like seven hours, and then he miraculously pulls himself down after he was dead to come back to shoot people. He's got a really strong neck. It's Carl. He has superhuman vengeance power. He does not let anything stop him except for like five bullets at the end of the movie. I will acknowledge that that doesn't make sense. I'll acknowledge that. Do you think he's dead now, though? Like, I kind of think... He could easily come back for Die Hard 5. What do you think? Well, I mean, Die Hard 5 exists and he did not come back. But he, I I would love to see him come back. I would have been actually super stoked if it was a recurring theme and all the Die Hards that at some point Carl pops up and he's like, this time. <laughs> and they're like, damn it, Carl. You're so dead. Would you please die? He's like, <laughs> I keep thinking of Carl as like the Jason Voorhees. Sorry, Jen and Bryce and I only understand this. Of Die Hard. Right? <laughs> like totally. Yes. So I'm just gonna yeah. quickly break it down. Great villain, great hero, with catchphrases I might add. Great holiday cheer. Gets a moonlighting mondo for nostalgia. 
It's also a Mondo for me. That's four in a row. <laughs> Why was this movie 132 minutes long? Oh, no. It was 42 minutes too long. Not long if enough. It, if it Four. wasn't for its ridiculously long runtime, it could have been okay. But it just uh -oh. went on and on and on. As it stands, it is a total victim of its editing, or lack thereof. Not everything you shoot is gold. <sighs> this was an average, average action flick that could have been so much more, but wasn't. It's a meh. Oh, not a perfect record for what you would think is the, is the pinnacle of Christmas movies. Yeah, that hurts. I can't believe every single shot in this movie to me makes sense is necessary it's beautiful oh there were characters that were unnecessary in this that it's like why did they even bring this doofus in to just uh, no what alan rickman is it oh alan? not alan, alan rickman uh second cop there's like the first cop that's like talking to him then the second cop that's like giving him like bogus scenario it's just it was just dumb Dwayne T. Robinson. Yes. I know what you mean. Yes. Doesn't he come back? And it doesn't add himself? anything to the movie. It adds more length to the movie, which we definitely didn't need. You need Al Powell to have someone to have a conflict with on the ground. We needed a. We needed a. We needed a tight ninety-minute action flick. No. I love Dwayne T. Robinson. I'm Not an overindulgent hundred and thirty-two minutes of meh. It's been quite as long, and I would have loved every second. Of it. I just love how happy Bryce is to shoot you right down. He's just like, "Yes, I've been waiting. I'm gonna yell at you. Not accept. Gonna ruin all of this. You can't." Yep. Very proud of himself, but she raged on his favorite Christmas movie. So. No, exactly. Like this is coming from the guy who likes the rap. So Jackie, you don't have to take it too seriously. That's true. Thank you, Jen. You rephrased it perfectly for me. I, I, I don't have to trust Bryce at all. This is this is what I love about your guys' podcast, by the way, is that you still, even though you should be hating each other mercilessly during <laughs> your podcast, usually there's a, a glimpse where be like, oh, you know what? But I love you so much that we I'm going to give you a little bit we'll of concession. <laughs> a little bit of concession. So I uh, I I couldn't be happier about these choices. This was had some of the greatest of all our Christmas episodes so far. This one's the best. Oh, it's because we mentioned Die Hard. It, it elevates anything. Of course. <laughs> We've had one other Christmas episode, and it was our third episode ever, I think. <laughs> All right. I'm still taking it as a compliment. You <laughs> take it. Anytime someone gives you a compliment, you can take it and run. True. I fish for them. Uh, uh, Christmas sucks. Christmas is right, the well, worst. Let's get, let's get on to some real hate. Oh, boy. I have a feeling this is where the hate is really going to come out. Oh, yeah, I think so. Right? Look at this. Like, unanimous, they unanimously voted that this movie is truly a rage-filled sack of shit. So who wants to start on your team? Well, I guess I'll if, start. Bef before before say... we do that, we got to get some Ben Stiller in. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. There we go. That's perfect. Oh That's awesome. Are you now ready, Austin? <laughs> yes, I'm like, ready. totally loaded you up. Yeah, no worries. Okay. Um, so Jen decided to throw us a curveball. 
apparently she does not hate this movie as much as Jackie and I do. And it actually is a really good movie for a crossover episode because we kind of unintentionally kept with our usual structure in that I actually hadn't seen it. I knew Jackie hated it and Jen kind of liked it. So I saw it for the first time a couple days ago. Terrible. Absolutely awful. I've never been more offended watching a movie. So, okay, so that's not enough juice. Come on. Give I, us, us what, what caused you so much rage? Oh, my gosh. Like, every, I just, like, my my blood pressure just went up. Um, it was every line of dialogue, so much fat shaming, the sexual politics of this movie, the sexual harassment in the workplace, how anyone could possibly think this is a charming movie is completely beyond me. It is, I've never been so actively angry watching a movie and it opens, I mean, I know everyone talks about it, opens with a friggin' 9-11 anecdote. And then, like, I just, it, and it was like two hours and 15 minutes. Like, is that longer than Die Hard? I think that's longer than Die Hard. <laughs> like, I don't, it was the worst. It was It's so longer mad. by like a minute. That's, that's good enough. <laughs> Die Hard with 212 was, minutes. Oh, so much sexual harassment. Like, can we talk about uh, Hugh Grant, the prime minister, just, like, sexually harassing his subordinate? No? Okay, cool. Like, well, wait, yeah, let's how is he it. remotely charming? I don't... Oh, my God. <laughs> Disgusting. I'm with you, Austin. This Thanks movie to- actively hates women. Hates them. Has no respect. Female characters in this movie are one of three things. A slut, an object to be obsessed over, or someone who should subjugate her needs for the betterment of her crappy family, and that's it. Yeah, no but it didn't. It didn't treat the men any. Involved. Didn't treat the men any better. The whole movie is about men. It's men and what they want and what they should do to get it, and how they look at the world. And it's disgusting. It's awful. Not a single storyline does not leave me with an awful feeling in the pit of my stomach. It's like there's. I don't understand a single person. Sorry, Jen, I know you're going to have something to say, but I don't know how anyone can watch this and not be actively curious. Like, Austin and I watched this together, and it was just us shouting for two hours. Like, are you kidding? This movie I was not invited to this watch party. <laughs> it was, you would have dampened I, it with your enthusiasm. I'm not into that. <laughs> can, you record, can you record some of that? I want to see those clips on Instagram of you two screaming at Love Actually. Yeah. I oh, can gosh. scream at the top of my lungs into a phone for three minutes, and that's my experience watching this movie. It's so <laughs> worth And I've had this fight with multiple people, and everyone has tried to what explain about me Liam why Neeson? they like it. He's, like, normally annoying in everything he does. And yet he's a sweet old man trying to help this little kid get some no. money from He makes fun of the girlfriend. kid for not having a mother at one point. Yeah, he makes <laughs> a lot of inappropriate jokes. He is not... He encourages his kid into this weird, obsessive pattern of behavior. And he's like, I know it's post 9-11. Why don't you go get tased and run through an airport? He's like a <laughs> shitty parental figure. And the kid is creepy as hell with his hammerhead shark eyes. I have no desire to watch him do anything. He's great in the maze runner. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave that one to you because I have not seen it. And if you've seen it, an I don't want to see it. It's an action movie. <laughs> it's a young adult action movie. No one's head gets blown up. I'm not sure I'm interested. We see the line in the sand. Aren't you a big Hunger Games fan, and now you're coming against young adult action movies? Yeah, yeah. 
I'm very, uh, I have many, uh, many layers. I contain multitudes. What can I say? So <laughs> I don't know what the maze runner is. <laughs> what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that you like young women who kick ass and punch dick. Is what I That's true. I will say, I have to have women with agency in movies or else I am immediately super angry. I feel like that's all. Um, yeah, <laughs> just mentally revisiting some of your action movie picks and I'm going to let you know that's not true. <laughs> Bring it, Jen. We I have a disagreement it. about Holly's role in Die Hard that we get into into our podcast, but we view it differently. So okay, maybe tune into our podcast for that hot take. <laughs> yeah, for that argument about women's agency in action films. Love this song. But no, Jen, I want to hear Jen. I've been waiting for days to hear Jen try and defend this movie. I'm into yeah, it. I will absolutely defend Love Actually. So I'm going to start with a caveat. There are several storylines I would cut from this movie. Number one. The guy who's flying to America to hook up a supermodel. That has to go. It, take it out. It's yeah. trash. Agreed. That's Number two, even hand. though, even though I like hand. Martin Freeman, the weird porn shoot storyline, that's gone. That's out. Goodbye. Uh, the Hugh Grant one, I like. I understand it's like very weird early 2000s Iraq war political Britain kind of stuff going on there. And I can keep that, but I will cut all of the totally unnecessary fat shaming about Natalie for no reason. Every character is just talking about her, like, huge thighs. And she's a completely normal-looking woman, and I don't understand. She's but hot. I will, argue with, I will argue with Austin when you said that like he's sexually, like, harassing her in the workplace. Hugh Grant isn't. Like, he's, he's not the hooking one. up with his subordinate. Not. He's already moved her out of the office. So she got point. punished. For him being attracted to her, not yeah, punished. She lost her job because he was job. had the hots for her. She lost that job at Ten Downing Street. Did and anyone then got ask her one. if she wanted to move positions? Or were I agree positions? that it's not great, but I also understand that the reason he moved her is because it was inappropriate that, that was he had like feelings for the her. Most Maybe you should story. just keep it in his pants. Maybe you should be an adult. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I agree that Astoria has some issues. But I'm yeah. still keeping it because I oh, like Hugh Grant. I think he is charming. That was the word. Don't care. Disagree. Well, Disagree. didn't she? Didn't she though? Like the the girl of objectification. Mm-hmm. Did she not actually fall in love with him? Kind of first. Yeah, they were flirting with each other. They were into each other. <laughs> Who started the flirt? She's That's what I want to know. The prime minister. Did he? She I don't think so. He's in a position of power. He's the one who yeah. has to set the boundaries. That's, and it's appropriate of her to do it too. So why do we like these characters? If she's like, hey, he's relatively okay looking, I'm going to immediately try and bang him. He's relatively why is she okay. focused on her career? Like, well, why does she have to be that person? <laughs> I don't know, because it's a movie about romance. And so that means that is not romance. Into oh, each disgusting. other. Anyway, disgusting. continuing on my analysis of Love Actually. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. I love that storyline, but I will cut the Mr. Bean segment because I don't think that humor works in this. <laughs> he is a monster. Why would you ruin Alan Rickman for me? He is. A, he you is just beautiful. fought for a movie where he's a terrorist who murders people, but yeah, and I prefer him. Yeah, I way prefer him with a gun than with a shitty gold necklace. That makes me want to bark. It's also, so that necklace is hideously ugly. Yes, so I don't we know why. On. That Emma is what Thompson? he bought for his mistress. And the preserved at all costs. Yeah, as a broken woman who then puts up with her cheating husband. Great. What's the lesson there? She's just stuck in a loveless marriage. Let men walk on you. Cool. We don't necessarily know. At the end of the airport, 
it's still implied that they're in a rocky place. You don't know if they're necessarily still together or are going she to break up. dump him immediately. She should and have, Alan but it was Rickman, also Christmas. Al- that's not a reason. Alan Rickman has also said that in his opinion, his character slept with the secretary. It's not just an emotional affair, it's an affair affair. And oh, so I 100% happen. am on, yeah. agree with, with that. Like, you so don't just... You're gone. Christmas yeah. Eve, goodbye. Pack your bag. Like, yeah, she's you putting don't her buy necklace on in her underwear. Like, they fuck. Yeah. So you go hang not, out with your mistress. Be gone. Bye-bye. You do not a get a necklace for just being flirty. No. Yeah. So that's... How are we defending this? He is disgusting. And because it's Christmas, it's even worse. Keep it in your pants at least for the holiday season. But, but this he, is uh, also what I like about the movie is that it's not all perfect romance. Like, I like that there's that sad storyline. I like the Laura Linney storyline where she never, like, gets with the hot guy because she's, like, too downtrodden and worried about her brother. Like, I like that it's a range of, like, no, some happy, too. some sad. No, and also, like, I hey, think Liam Neeson is adorable in this movie. He is adorable. Hate, hate all of them. So, I went Linney, into they this... do her so dirty. Why can't she just have sex? Your phone goes on to silence. Agree, but it's because it's her own issue that she feels like she's martyring herself for her brother yeah. and won't That's allow herself. She falls herself. into the category of subjugating herself for her family's needs. It's not about her as a person. She only exists in relation to her brother. She doesn't that get is, anything. She doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, and that is the choice that she has made. Everyone around her is telling her, you don't have to be this, but she can't get herself over that barrier. That is a flawed character. I like that in movies. I hate it. I hate watching people start and end in the same place and do it all to themselves and not even try and change their city circumstances. And also, that guy's really good looking and she definitely should have nailed him. That's oh, so 100%. disappointing that she doesn't get any. I'm like, if, if that ended with sex and then she went back to taking care of her brother, I might have been okay with that storyline. But... <laughs> I, I love it how Jackie gets excited. If she could write the movie, then it would have been perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I, I feel about a lot of movies, actually. I, I feel like it's a movie. Be the three of us arguing about love. Sorry, yeah. I'll let you no, guys say. Can I say one quick thing? Yeah. <laughs> I went into this movie only knowing about the Kira Knightley storyline, the Kira Knightley Andrew Lincoln storyline. Oh, yeah. I'd also kept that one. It sucked. I thought that was going to be the worst of it. And then that's like one of the tamer storylines in this movie. It was just, I've never been so angry watching a movie. <laughs> I, I love that there's so much emo- okay so Jen here's the big question mm-hmm. is this a Mondo for you or is it just still a meh you know before I rewatched it for this it was a meh because like I said there's a lot that you can cut from it and mm. then the more these guys hated it the more I want to make it a Mondo <laughs> <laughs> but I think at the end of the day the, like I'm watching it checking out for the parts I don't like and checking in for the parts that I do. And the parts that I do like, I like a lot. But there's also a lot that I don't like. So that means it has to be a mess. Okay. Can you just tell me which ones you like again? Yeah, so I like Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. I think the acting in that one is incredible. Um, I like Hugh Grant, minus the weird fat shaming. Uh, Colin Firth, I think, is also very charming in this. And then Liam Neeson, that's probably my favorite one, where he's so sweet with the kid. Like, he's so good. Apparently, you're also a Maze Runner fan. That little kid, like, that little kid and Kira Knightley were only, like, three or four years apart. Five years apart. I checked that out. Yeah, Yeah. I remember reading that. I was like, holy shit, he looks so young. Yes. He does. Right. Chime in, buddy. I can't believe you talked for, like, I don't know, what has it been, six hours (laughs) about that movie? And you didn't mention Bill Nighy at all. He was the best part of this movie. He was the... He was, I mean, nobody can argue with that. Come on. 
don't buy drugs, become a pop star, and they give them to you for free. He was so good. That's the best line. Just because of Bill Nighy, this was meh. Everything else was okay. I I had a problem with some of it, obviously, as well. Um, overall, it was meh. But uh, yeah, Bill I, Bill Nighy made it worth watching for me. Um, he was so good in it. I have a question: Is um, Colin Firth and Huge Grant in every fucking British love story that's yes. ever been written? Like, is yeah. there is there Seems one that, that they haven't been part of? It's in like, their contract. Is this like, a problem for you? Because I think it's great. This is every British man I want to fall in love with is either Colin Firth <laughs> or Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay if we're um, if we're talking about the Kingsman, then you can fall in love with Colin Firth in that one. Yeah, that he was is great in that. I'm sorry, Brace hates that movie. Kingsman's awful. It's, okay, we can't talk about it. I don't fighting. love the joke that they end on, um, but I like a lot of the action in that movie. Um, <sighs> But this movie was a mess for me also. I can Bill Nye in everything. Bill Nye, the acting guy, is Mondo. But Love Actually was a very low, low, low man. Because of Bill Nye, the acting guy. And, and the kid from the Maze Runner. <laughs> the kid from the Maze Runner. <laughs> I'm really surprised that you guys even gave it a man because this is so honestly the worst movie ever made. I was sure everyone was gonna hate it. Well, I wanted to hate it, but I can't hate Bill Nye. I know he's the most like he's literally the pinnacle of poster of what you would imagine a, a British rock star from he's like one the, eighth of the entire movie. Up. He shouldn't be enough to elevate it that high. Like it's yeah, eight, I made like, up if, if anybody can elevate something that high, it's Bill. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can make me forget all the rest of the bad because he is so good hey what do you guys think about jingle all the way number two it's Why number you do this to us uh, yeah so i do happy. have questions had you guys seen this movie like naturally and organically like how did you even know this existed <laughs> <laughs> How you doing there, Jim? I did not even know that there was a sequel to Jim nope. on the way. Not, neither of us did, except Murray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Murray. It's it's a, not, even not even here to answer for his crime. This is no, a no, this is a gift movie. from Murray to all of us. This is a, this is a rage-filled package of hate and rage into one beautiful little present that Murray said. Because we were trying to decide between the three of us which movie would we all agree that we hate. And that's often very hard for us to do. Because when Murray likes something, we usually hate it. And if we love something, Murray usually hates it. So it's usually a good mix. But Murray actually said, this movie is so terrible. You guys have to put it on the list. And then we just kind of said, okay, the first one was terrible. So this one has to be ten times terrible. And it delivered. Yeah, not quite. It was more than ten times more terrible. <laughs> Infinitely more terrible. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger just by having his face in a movie made it a hundred times better than this. Because Larry the Cable Guy, who I also did not know was a person, me neither. The most revolting man on earth. Every time he talks, it makes my ears like try and close themselves up. He is 
awful. His, everything about him is the way he talks, the words he chooses, the way he moves, the jokes he makes. Like he's, I can tell what he's trying to appeal to, this like low demographic American viewer who can identify with this monster, but he's not engaging. You don't want to watch him. You don't want to see what's going to happen next. The entire time I was like, can I turn this off yet? Did anybody notice if he said, get her done in the show that, once? Is that his catchphrase? It's kind of his catchphrase. Yeah. God, I, I'm glad I didn't hear that. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember him saying it. But yeah, I so what's up with that? I blacked out, so I don't know if I <laughs> caught everything that was going on. Well, how about I start my quick little review of this movie? Yeah. All oh, right. Boy. So first off, I'm not sure if anybody else noticed this, but who knew WWE yeah. had a film studio? What the fuck? Like, no, that was, that was real a bad sign. Like, that was a terrible sign. Second thing, it had creepy, annoying little fuckers, aka kids, who are annoying the entire movie. Like the entire movie. They were in it and they weren't funny. And then we have Larry the Cable Guy and he's hilarious. And by hilarious, I mean, awful. <laughs> He's so funny to look at that you just can't stop laughing at how terrible he is. And he stars in this movie? Oh, yeah, wait. Wrestlers made this movie. I'm not sure if wrestlers think he's funny or not. Hmm. They're the only ones that they do. <laughs> also, his name is actually Larry in the movie. So that should give you an indication. How hard is it for him to act when they say the name Larry in the movie? It's like, hey, wait, I can't act as my character's name is Bill because I might forget that my name is fucking Larry. Uh, this all had all the making of every other crappy Christmas movie. Was the Jingle All the Way 2 or Christmas Vacation 2? I wanted to punch the little girl in the face every time she came on the screen. The whole plot concept of a real dad and a stepdad competing for the love of one of their actual birth children is super, super stupid. I hated every single thing about this movie. The line that sums up this movie is, it was a fail. And, or, when that elf slipped me, I pooped my pants a bit. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, I think it's the second line. The second line sums it up. When the elf, let me just repeat it for us all to absorb it. <laughs> when the elf slipped me, I pooped my pants a bit. And I'm passing the baton to Austin. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know where to start with it, honestly. I think I still like it more than Love Actually, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> it was a terrible movie, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't like offended every minute of it. Um, but it was it was bad. It was really bad. Um, at first, I was like, okay, Larry and his ex-wife have a reasonable, like, healthy custody arrangement. They seem to get along well, you know, like. I, I was like, okay, this is good. They were like figuring out their Christmas plans. And then asshole Victor, whatever his name was, stepdad was like, what? We can't have her for Christmas. And then both parents were like, what the heck? Like, this is a great arrangement. Why are you ruining this? And I was like, this is a healthy relationship. And I was like, okay, maybe this won't be so bad. And then I, the rest of the movie happened. 
um, it was rough. It was a rough go of things. I don't, yeah, there was no acting involved. It was just, it was rough. What else to say? It was, it was a rough hour and a half somehow. It felt like four hours. I think <laughs> I took like an hour long intermission about 45 minutes in. Did you at any time actually feel like you were going to throw up? Yes. In the scene where they're doing the, like, riding the uh, mechanical bull, <laughs> I was like, not, <laughs> I was getting so mad at the announcer, who I'm guessing is a wrestler. Is that true? Just his, I, his voice. I was like, this guy, W-O-E or whatever. I'm sure there's some connection here. Bryce, he was making me want to throw up a little bit. Right. being a wrestling fan, can you tell us whether I, or not he was a wrestler? I have no idea. What? You'd have, you'd have to ask Murray that one. <laughs> well, either way, that was the worst scene for me. I was just like, this needs, needs to end. I can't listen to this guy yell anymore. Oh, nice. You know, we are, almost when we have guests on, we should have a, a rage meter. Like what level? Like a 12 out of 10. A 12 out of 10? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jen, give us your best. Actually, first off, give us your first, your very best Larry the Cable Guy impression. Oh, God. I don't even know what that man sounds like. Just a weird southern hick kind of thing where he's like, I'm Larry the Cable Guy. Perfect. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done. Nailed oh, it. Yeah. Nailed. <laughs> Thank you. Nailed it. Um, no, this was honestly a terrible experience. Um, I did not enjoy any moment of this film. If you could even call it a film, like... <laughs> I don't think anyone in this movie had acted before, or at least it didn't seem like they had. Um, the script, I I have no words for that either. Like, I'm not sure what they were even trying to accomplish. Some of the jokes, I guess, air quotes, weren't really jokes. Um, it was just gross and it's upsetting and stupid. And I don't know why it exists. And I don't know why I had to watch it. And yeah, rage, 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 rage. Do um do you hate us a little for us making you do this? No, I hate Austin because I jokingly last <laughs> yesterday we jokingly said that Jackie and I weren't gonna watch it. We're just gonna make Austin be the one to watch it, and she got really mad. So she sent us a link to watch it at like nine o'clock this morning and was like, "You are watching this movie." <laughs> yeah, and then we were both like, "Why did you do this?" Nine a.m. Somehow <laughs> I got the blame for them having to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. Austin, you can come on our show anytime. That is the pure essence of our show, (laughs) is if we can get our friends or each other to hate something so much that it makes us rage. Yeah. Well done. (laughs) done. And uh, Bryce, you want to jump on the bandwagon or what? I love this no. Uh, I really... (laughs) I, re- I had no idea who Larry the Cable Guy was either going into this. Don't get me wrong. I've seen him, but I've never seen any of his stand-up, and I've never seen him in a television show or a movie, and I really wish that were still the case. <laughs> this was beyond bad. I fell asleep before the last third of the movie, so I had to find the place where I think I fell asleep and watch that last part. That was an ordeal in itself, as everything was so forgettable that I couldn't recognize anything I had just watched. I finally settled on restarting it with about a half an hour to go and watch the conclusion. Who is this for? I guess it was for kids, but I think I, I underestimated the, the intelligence of today's youth. 
Speaking of youth, I'm sorry, but that little girl was just absolutely unbearable. It's not often a comedy is made and I literally do not even smile, let alone laugh once. This is the second worst thing I have watched this year. It wasn't as bad as The Cutting Edge, which Murray made us watch in this very segment earlier this year, but, but it was darn close. This was a holiday rage. All right, it's time for some open Christmas rage. And I think you guys had some fights about this. Like you both, you, some of you wanted to keep, like you all wanted to fight and rage about the same thing, something like that. But I think Jen maybe won the, the rage competition. We, we ended up kind of maybe changing our rages around a bit as we were thinking about what we wanted to rage about. Okay, well, let's, you're up. So what do you got? Okay, so my rage is sort of, <laughs> it's not necessarily about Christmas, but more about the Christmas season. So I really hate that people are trying to make Black Friday shopping a thing here in Canada. It's really annoying. It made sense in the U.S. because they have their Thanksgiving on a Thursday and then Friday they're off work and then they go kill each other in a Walmart trying to get a TV. It's a rite of passage for them. We don't need that here, especially since we don't have that Friday off. So like people were supposed to take off work to go line up at malls or something, which by the way, if you're doing that during a pandemic anyway, like I... I hope you die. But like in general, it's just, it's stupid. And then all the companies have started doing it now because they're really trying to push Black Friday and make it a thing. And all the sales are like mid-November. And that's annoying because A, I don't start Christmas shopping that early. So like, why is there a sale now? But then B, it kind of takes away from the Boxing Day and the Boxing Week sales. Those ones aren't as good anymore. And that's when I like to shop because I get gift cards for Christmas and then I go online on Boxing Day and buy a bunch of stuff. But now there's not a good deal. So it's just, my rage is just about shopping that's inconvenient to me personally. I want to buy myself nice things at a low price, and I want to do it on my schedule. <laughs> well, on the Canadian schedule is what I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, first of all, Thanksgiving's in October. Yeah, what about right? like a Black Tuesday situation? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a very Canadian way to do things. Yeah, yeah, that could that could work. Black Tuesday. Sounds good. I'm I built that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, Christmas rage, and you actually may get it. I'm looking out the window today. I think it's like, it feels like in my condo, like it's 20 degrees outside. And that's 20 degrees Celsius for our U.S. listeners. But uh, so that means like I'm wearing t-shirts and shorts today and Christmas should be white. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, if you want to escape it, then yeah. Get on a plane and go to Bermuda or Bahamas or wherever. But if you live in Canada and you can't see snow, it's not Christmas. And I'm not necessarily, like I mentioned, I'm not a super fan of Christmas. But Krampus also uses a sleigh. So it's like when Krampus comes to deliver pain and suffering, he can't do it as easy when he doesn't have snow. So I'm just... I don't know if you guys are the same way being in Ontario where it's like when it snows there, it's like a brick of snow that falls on your head. But I know in Calgary, we get like a nice dusting of snow and then it sits there for a few days and then it melts because we get a Chinook and it's like, feels like springtime. But what is it like in Toronto? Is it, is it always nasty when it snows or do you guys also love Christmas snow? Toronto is one of the best areas, I think, 
because we don't get a lot of snow. I, I used to live in Edmonton, uh, and so that's a very different experience than <laughs> But the lake keeps it pretty temperate. It never gets that cold. And we, even though there's a lot of moisture in, like in the air, there's a lot of precipitation, there's not a lot of snow, and it doesn't really last. Like Austin and I both uh, are on our bikes all through the winter. So if you can do that, then you're in pretty good. So you're saying you like a brown person? I do like I my ideal situation would be completely brown until like Christmas Eve and then when you wake up on Christmas morning have a winter wonderland that would be cool. Yeah, Same, right? Exactly. Yeah. Amen. We'll get that this year, but no. Fingers crossed. Agreed. <laughs> all dry all right the time. Up. I like riding my bike. Yeah. Brown is just fine with Bryce. Kind of matches his Kind of matches his personality around anyway. So. <laughs> All right. Awesome. What do you got? What's your Christmas rage? Well, this is a good segue into my rage, actually, uh, which is more of a winter rage and kind of a cycling winter rage thing. It's a topic that's been on my mind the last couple of days, so I'm sorry if this isn't Christmassy enough, but I'm very angry that, uh, like Jackie said, we, we're both cyclists we both ride our bikes pretty much all through the winter and i just want to say that it is not weather that deters most cyclists it is poor cycling infrastructure and it drives me crazy whenever cities refuse to build bike lanes or good cycling infrastructure that's good for drivers cyclists pedestrians any road user um the, the better the cycling infrastructure the better it is for everyone the safer everyone is we've had i think three cyclists killed in the last two weeks in toronto and it's needless and it's bullshit and um, it's not weather that deters us. It is infrastructure and feeling unsafe. And so I just want to rage at the fact that um, cities aren't as willing to invest in safe streets. That's my winter rage. There will be a lot of cyclists this year, especially as uh, you know, a lot of people turn to their bikes with the pandemic and public transportation's maybe not looking like the safest option. A lot of people have started biking this year yeah. um, and it's totally possible to bike in the winter in most parts of Canada. So, yep. just wanna. That's my rage. I'm sorry if that's no. Not you're right. It's, it's a good segue from the brown because we're gonna probably yeah. have a brown. We can usually cycle here all winter. There's yeah. Mm, if only. Well, normally it's about three weeks where the, we still have ice and patches. But. Yeah, it's about the same here. You just gotta get on the right layers, get some studded tires, and you know, if it's real, there's always a couple days where it's I, I'll I'll bail on the bike and I'll just you know walk or take transit or something, but. For the most part, you can get through the or through the winter pretty pretty easily. Jackie, what you got? Um, I don't want to. I can Bryce go? I don't want to step on his if we have the same one. I want to know what his is. Okay. Well, how how could you possibly Bryce. think you have the same one as me? <laughs> I don't know. I forgot what everyone's was, and mine is such a classic Christmas phrase that I think everyone shares. I'll go if you want. I'm no, I'll go, Bryce. You, you go. No, you go. Okay. Okay. My Christmas phrase is same everyone has it is that halloween ends at 1201 and the next day people have their christmas lights up and it makes me insane christmas season in my opinion does not start until december 1st and everyone needs to calm the hell down i don't understand this rush into putting a tree up and having all this the music in the stores which let's face it's not really a problem this year because <laughs> in-person retail doesn't really what are stores yeah yeah exactly. push. christmas being shoved down your throat immediately makes me crazy 
I want to go the day after Halloween and buy discount candy. And all the time, that whole section is gone. It's like Halloween date. They replace that with Christmas junk. And I don't want to see it. It doesn't give me warm feelings. Like some people are obsessed with, like they count. They're like, oh, 364 days till next Christmas. <laughs> and I don't understand that mindset. I don't want it. And I don't want to see it. And it's, this year, it's been really bad, too, because everyone's like, oh, I'm so depressed. I need to put up my tree early because it's the only thing that makes life worth living. And I'm like, great, but I don't want to see it. I don't want to shove it in my face. Grace, you want to put some icing on this Christmas-filled rage cake? Yeah, we'll keep it short and sweet. My rage is people giving me gifts for Christmas that I barely know. It is hit and miss whether my own family is going to get a gift for me. So all of you casual acquaintances stop giving me presents because i'm not getting you one rage subsiding pulse slowing anger fading ah that's nice feel all that juice-filled rage and hate flowing off your body now shaking it all out uh this is the time we would love you guys Plug the shit out of your podcast. Uh, yeah, we release new episodes every Tuesday. Uh, we're on Twitter at I Hate Your Taste or on Instagram at Hate Your Taste Pod. Basically, every week we uh, rotate through picking one of our favorite movies or a movie that we really like. Usually, it's one that uh, one of us hasn't seen in a genre that they don't particularly like. So, uh, we got a little taste of that with our Love Actually discussion. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Well, no, are you, do you guys accept emails? Oh, yeah, sure. You can email us at hateyourtastepod at gmail.com. Well, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks, Extended Film Rage crew. Uh, Lander Common for artistic vision and photography. Yeah, Lander Common Photography. Listen to us on all podcast streaming sites. Find us on all social media at FilmRageYYC and check out our website at FilmRageYYC.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment often and please make us rage. Before we go, I want to say a special thanks to our good friends at I Hate Your Taste Movie Podcast and saying hi to our buddy Murray. You'll be back as soon as the COVID is gone. That's it for this week. Rage on! Rage on! Rage on!